There's a lot of interest at the moment in the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement negotiations which are being held in Auckland this week. Countries meeting behind closed doors to continue talks include the United States, Australia, Brunei, Salaam, Chile, Malaysia, Peru, Singapore, Vietnam and New Zealand. Much of the local business community has voiced its support for the initiative, seeing the TPP, as it's been called, as an opportunity for New Zealand companies to bolster agricultural exports by removing tariffs, particularly in the US. But others are concerned that important New Zealand artistic rights may be traded off to benefit the agriculture sector. The US government, for its part, sees it as a way of gaining leverage in the Pacific against the dominance of economic superpower China. A growing number of organisations here and overseas are also expressing concerns over legally binding agreements that are at present being negotiated without any public consultation. Copyright and internet freedom issues are also top of the list for those in the arts and creative industries. Susan Chalmers from the non-profit organisation Internet New Zealand joins me from our Auckland studio to explain what's at stake. Welcome to Upbeat, Susan. Thank you very much. Now, New Zealand's already a signatory to a couple of very significant international copyright treaties, uh, which are based on the uh, 50-year-after-death rule of the author. How would it change under proposals that particularly the US has got in mind for TPP? Sure. Well, based on a leaked text, what we can determine is that the US would like to see a copyright term extended in New Zealand beyond that life plus 50-year uh, term that is in the Berne Convention. And so uh, the U.S. is proposing that in terms of uh, literary, artistic, and musical works, this term be extended out another two decades. Um, and in the case of film and sound recordings, that the copyright term be extended um, currently in New Zealand, it's 50 years, but it could be extended up to 120 years. So that would <laughs> so be a huge change, wouldn't it? That would be a very big change, yes. Um, there's been quite a lot of discussion about this and how it impact on artists. What's your view? Well, I think that it would have a negative impact on artists, to be honest. Um, most of the copyright changes that the U.S. is proposing um, do not benefit your, your average artist um, or musician. What they do benefit is... Um, extending the interests of the, the very large rights holders, so the both the film and music industries. Um, so we're talking about the, the big companies that own most of the uh, uh, CD manufacturing and uh, film distribution, all those sorts of people. Th- yep, yep. Primarily the Motion Picture Association and the Recording Industry Association. So what, effectively, when you extend the copyright term, you're preventing works from entering into the public domain. And a shrinking public domain means that artists have less freedom to draw on the works um, that have already been created to be able to create new uh, new works from those works. So you are kind of limiting uh, the resources available for artists to, um, to create new works. So this would reduce the number of works, for instance, that artists uh, these days can currently legally sample, for instance, if we're talking about the music industry. Yep, that's absolutely right. What other effects do you think it could have? Well, outside of uh, effects on artists, um, we're... Uh, so I should mention that um, Internet NZ is part of the Fair Deal Coalition. And the Fair Deal Coalition is a group of very diverse um, organizations. So 
for example, we represent um, everybody from open source industries um, to uh, IT and ICT, um, people who are blind or have low vision, artists, consumers, <laughs> online business, um, and and internet um, internet rights. So you have to look at what all those those companies could possibly or these different these different sectors could possibly have in common. And that's because we're uniting under the general umbrella of uh, copyright and how the copyright law could affect um, New Zealand. So in terms of the internet, <clears throat> uh, most of the copyright uh, changes that are being proposed by the US um, don't mix well with the internet. Um, it's a more aggressive way to enforce copyright online or you're giving these larger companies that I had mentioned earlier stronger rights in the digital environment. Um, and so when you do that, if you really do introduce negative externalities for the rest of internet users, internet intermediaries, and um, and businesses. So. Yeah, so it becomes very dominant, doesn't it? Dom those companies can dominate the internet, whereas, of course, the internet was set up originally as an open forum access site. Absolutely, absolutely. So Internet NZ, for example, um, we strive to protect and promote the internet uh, for all New Zealanders. And what some of the U.S. proposals would do um, would increase uh, the copyright policing responsibility of internet service providers and website hosts, um, they are also seeking to um, have a right over temporary electronic copies. And so when I say this uh, to most people who work in the industry, their eyes kind of glaze over because everything digital depends on temporary electronic copies. It's how you shift um, data from point A to point B on the Internet. Um, so that right, if broadly implemented, it would be very scary. You're giving one sector an incredible amount of power in the online environment, um, an incredible amount of power in how you develop policy for the internet. And you're getting more cases like that against Kim.com. That would become commonplace. Exactly. I'm talking to uh, Susan Chalmers from Internet uh, New Zealand about the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement negotiations which are underway in Auckland at the moment. Now, the number of countries involved seems to have grown exponentially. I think it started with just three or four countries, including New Zealand. I guess the arrival of the United States amidst these peak smaller countries has changed the equation quite significantly. That's absolutely true. And so it was always the intent... Um of the, the P4 agreement. That was the original Trans-Pacific um, partnership. So was, we refer to it as the P4. And you've now expanded it to 11 countries. And I should mention, actually, that Canada and Mexico have recently joined the negotiations. Um, What's your understanding of the state of uh, play in Auckland at the moment? Or is the whole thing so closely guarded that nobody knows what's really going on? Well, that is another aspect. Um, that that's worth mentioning about the TPP is that it is negotiated um, in secret, and um, most the interests that really do have meaningful access to the text are those um, they're called cleared advisors, and it's only in the U.S. Um, and these are the big companies, um, um, big pharma, uh, large rights rights holders, um, where they actually get to see the text make make proposals, comment on the text, but for for civil society and for academics, um, 
access is severely restricted to the process. Now, um, the venue is not accessible uh, to stakeholders. However, I should mention that. So you can't go down there and, and, and just even listen in or in any way find out what's going on? Oh, absolutely not. No, mm. can't even enter. Whereas stakeholders used to be able to enter the corridors um, of the negotiating venue. Now that's not even available. I should say, however, that on Friday, tomorrow, there will be a stakeholder forum where stakeholders are allowed to come and present to the delegates um, and give uh, 12 to 15 minute presentations on issues of interest to them. So so that is one opportunity. And then the chief negotiators typically have a briefing session on the same day of the stakeholder forum. This will be my fourth round of, of TPP negotiations that I've attended. Um, <clears throat> And so what's the, been your observation, Susan, of how each um, round of talks has become, I don't know, more entrenched or more secret? Has it changed in tone? It definitely has become more in, uh, more secret. Um, as I had mentioned earlier, stakeholders had access to the corridors um, and for in a the while... Previous, in the previous talks. In previous talks. And also... Um, for a while, we had 20-minute 20, presentations that was reduced to eight. At one point, the presentations um, were taken away completely, and uh, there was something that we jokingly referred to as stakeholder mart, where um, delegates were invited to come circulate around a room, and all of the stakeholders um, were sitting around tables, and so delegates could just come up and shuffle around the room and speak with stakeholders. Um, but we've gone back to uh, the stakeholder presentations, which is something that I, um, I know that a lot of stakeholders appreciate because it really does give you a platform um, and to be able to share your views with the delegates. It is their day off, however, and these, uh, these negotiators work very hard. Um, so, so they may not want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that they, they will um, come in on their day off and, and sit and have a listen and be willing to take uh, the views that, that we present back with them into the negotiating room. I'm talking to Susan Chalmers from Internet New Zealand. Now let's get back to copyright and artists. There has to be protection, of course, for artists, and many people would probably claim that they have been ripped off in one way or another, particularly since the advent mm -hmm. of the Internet. What's your view on what does need to change to ensure that artists do have their intellectual copyrights uh, properly protected? Ooh, that's an interesting question, and a lot of people are thinking about that at the moment. Um, but I think that... Uh, so it's interesting, I should mention, that um, uh, the Republican uh, Committee in the United States had recently issued a, a, a policy paper uh, that had suggested a shorter term of copyright that could be renewed. And this... And how I did mean, that progress? It, did, it, did it go very far? Well, it's, it's fascinating because it was released in the morning and then subsequently retracted. What, the same <laughs> day? The same day, I imagine that they got a call from the RIAA um, or Who's the that? MPA, um, the Recording Industry Association of America. Uh huh. Um, it was retracted the very same day, and a very awkward uh, statement issued. Um, but it was it was interesting for us to see the proposals there, and I agree with them in substance. Uh, they didn't really consider the U.S.'s international obligations. Um, but I think that reducing a term, reducing the term of copyright would benefit artists more because it does open up the public domain. And we had we had talked about that earlier. Yeah. Um, I also think that 
these laws that have been designed, for example, the Skynet law in New Zealand, so the three strikes law, if you download um, um, illegally three strikes over a certain amount of time, uh, you could be brought before the copyright tribunal. I also think we need to realize and come, come, to, uh, come to terms with the fact that these, these types of laws are not designed for artists. Um, they are designed for those who can afford to monitor internet users. And afford and, to prosecute. Yeah, and afford to prosecute. So I think that in terms of laws that benefit artists, now New Zealand is supposed to have a copyright review coming up in 2013. Um, I think we need to go to the artists and ask them what they want. And I think that you'll oftentimes find that one of the uh, most important things to them is uh, the right of attribution and not necessarily um, the right of reproduction. So I, I, I think that in order to create good law for artists, we really need to ask them what they want and what could help them. The artists, New Zealand artists at the moment, a lot of them particularly in the music industry, now use the internet to connect with overseas markets and that's meant a huge amount of power going back to the artists away from the record company or the label. Uh, they can you know, control their own material. How do you think the proposed changes under the TPP would affect that? Well, um, in general terms, you're looking at an increased amount of power um, by by the rights holders in this, um, not the artists, but the copyright owners over the internet. But if you own your um, own copyright? If you own your own copyright, um, what you can do, uh, you can avail, so if you feel like your content has been infringed, um, you can avail of certain mechanisms to ask that that content be taken down. Um, and unfortunately, this system, and so this is uh, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act from 1998 from the U.S., um, unfortunately, the system has been used anti-competitively. Um, so you'll see that most of the takedowns are not for actual copyright infringement, but just to be able to challenge a competitor and have, have their content removed. Um, so I think that, and just... Uh, if you look at, so YouTube has a content ID system. Mm -hmm. um, so when when works are uploaded to YouTube, um, the software, if it matches with um, a, a different file, then that that content is is well. Actually, the rights holder has three choices. Um, they can choose to have that content removed. They can track the use of that content, or they can try and advertise off of it. So it's actually a pretty innovative way to deal. Um, with the uploading of infringing material, but at the same in the same token, um, it also means that if an artist creates something that sounds similar to what a rights holder has and they they upload it, then that could be taken down. And so you actually see these really strong copyright policies. Um, so do you think this is working, particularly as it relates to YouTube? Is that what you're saying? Oh no, what I'm saying is that if the stronger the stronger the copyright policy is, um, it can actually, through technology, um, prevent people from disseminating their works. So, if if you have a work and you want to upload it, um, and it matches something, and it may or may not be infringing, but just be based on technology, that technology makes a decision. A human doesn't. Right. So, okay. So, so sometimes you be prevented from actually putting your work up. And there's actually, there's a funny example. Um, 
so I don't know if you know the artist Usher. He's a mm-hmm. um, R and B artist in America. Um, there's a professor. Uh, there's a professor Usher who um, posted one of his lectures online. And so his last name is Usher, and so it said Usher.mp3. Now the recording industry associations, they're, they're robots, and crawling the web just indiscriminately look at the name, Usher.mp3. And so they had his lecture taken down. So it's um, a silly example of obviously yeah. taking out human, a human uh, element uh, yeah. and reducing the whole thing to robotic, and then no one knows the difference between a professor yeah. and a rap artist. Exactly. <laughs> the other thing that just struck me also, Susan, um, you know, it's kind of like the horse has bolted. We've got global culture now. We've got people all over the world, particularly young people, who use the internet heavily. They won't tolerate being shut out, will they, by the way that some of the TPP provisions suggest? No, they won't. And I think that we see this um, in terms of ACTA, so the protests in Europe. I never, um, ever imagined <laughs> that copyright law would get thousands of people out into the street and protest, but we're seeing that happening. And we also saw that with the whole Stop Online Piracy Act and Protect Intellectual Property Acts that were proposed in the U.S. that would have done, um, wreaked a lot of havoc, um, not only technically um, for the domain name system on a technical basis, but also in terms of um, censorship and and aggressive enforcement of intellectual property rights. And you see people respond to that. It was January 18th, um, Wikipedia blacked out, um, Google blacked out its logo. You saw Internet NZ and Solidarity with these other sites actually blacked out its webpage. And you see a lot of these on- online protests um, happening because people just do not want to have their um, their activities online and their online freedoms unduly restricted. No, I think that there's going to be a huge uh, backlash. I mean, obviously this hasn't wound up yet, and I guess the more countries that become involved in TPP, the harder it is for them to come to agreement, and I guess that will give some hope to people who are opposing it. Mm. Well, I should say that, um, and I should clarify because this is, the debate is very polarised, I find, uh, in the media, that the Fair Deal Coalition uh, is does not, uh, we're not anti-trade. We don't oppose the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Um, what we do is support um, good copyright law under that under that uh, that agreement. And do you think and there's a chance that because of um, the amount of conversation and protest there has been over this issue, that there's a chance that the good copyright law will come out of it eventually? It might just take some time. I'm I'm really hoping so. Um, I, I sincerely hope so. But if if we accept what the U.S. is proposing based on the leaked text and based on extensive past practice in their free trade agreements, then that will not be good copyright law. Um, that will not be the type of copyright law that New Zealand um, can flourish from in the future. And in terms of participating in the weightless economies, creating applications, being able to create something in New Zealand and export it to the rest of the world in under one second, um, I really don't think we should be we should be constraining our future in that way with uh, bad copyright law. Great, very much. Nice to have your contribution. Thank you very much, Susan. Thanks so much.